Hi, I'm Kathleen Hendrick. I'm the Director of Human Resources at Aldersgate, and you're listening to Aldersgate On Air. Welcome back, friends, to Aldersgate On Air. In the midst of the challenges that we all currently face, we wanted to brighten your day and share some positivity with you to spread some holiday cheer and to illustrate that in these times, a little humanity goes a long, long way. And so today, we are going to highlight just a few of the ways that Aldersgate is addressing the additional challenges facing their frontline workers and the families they work so hard to support. Now, as we all know, the current pandemic situation has taken a toll on every aspect of society. It has affected employment and finances. It has affected childcare. It has affected education. It has affected mental and physical health. And in so many ways, it has affected the ability of people to provide even the most basic needs for their families. And so, in direct response to the havoc wrought by COVID-19, Aldersgate has created a trifecta of amazing programs designed to help alleviate some of the stresses associated with the pandemic and in turn keep their employees working during a time when so many are being laid off. We are joined today by Kathleen Hendrick, Aldersgate's Director of Human Resources, and Brooks Shelley, Aldersgate's Director of Branding and Community Engagement. Kathleen and Brooks are going to share the details of these three amazing programs, and I am absolutely positive that you will be inspired and touched by the amount of thought, effort, and heart that went into the creation and implementation of the Hero Fund, the Learning Lab, and the Food Pantry. So, without further ado, let's bring on our guests. Hey, Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time out of your, no doubt, very busy schedule to come on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, that's what we love to hear. And Brooks, as always, good to talk to you. I feel like I just talked to you. Uh, actually, I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We talk a lot these days, don't we? So, uh, well, hey, Kathleen, I'm excited to chat with you about these really cool things that Aldersgate has going on. But before we dig into the meat and potatoes of, of all this awesomeness, let's just get a little bit of background on you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your job duties, kind of how you came to be at Aldersgate and give us just a little bit of history so we know who it is we're talking to. Sure. So um, I'm Kathleen Hendrick, and I have been at Aldersgate for 21 years. And I started working here actually in the finance uh, department. And I moved over to HR after about five years of finance when I was just done. And um, moved into HR. I'd never done it before. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I fell in love with working with our employees, um, had a, uh, just felt a great love for that and um, a love for uh, trying to find ways that we could honor our employees um, while they're at work. Awesome. So 20 plus years mm -hmm. and they either haven't scared you away yet or <laughs> they're so afraid of you that they're afraid to scare you away. So Clearly, you're making an impact on what they're doing. And of course, Brooks, you've been on the show so many times now. We all know who you are. <laughs> well, if you don't by now, you're a slow learner. I know, right? <laughs> so, well, I want to talk about uh, some really cool things that you guys are doing. And uh, Kathleen Brooks tells me that you were pretty instrumental in the creation and implementation of these 
ideas. And of course, I'm talking about the Hero Fund, the Learning Lab, mm -hmm. and of course, the Food Pantry. So um, now, is that true? You were you were involved in all this stuff? Yeah, I have been involved in it. Um, and it really is, I don't want to take credit for the ideas because it is honestly a group of um, our team members. Uh, we all come around the table together and we throw ideas out. And if it's something that we feel uh, the employees need or if it's something that someone feels super passionate about, we really uh, try and make that happen. And so that's how these things occurred. Yes, I'm very familiar with the Aldersgate Collective Brainstorm Sessions, which <laughs> yeah. are uh, they're yeah. legendary at this point. And so, Mike, this goes pretty, back to, to earlier in our conversation of the Aldersgate way is to look at yeah. what we can do instead of focusing on what we can't do. Right. And Absolutely. Kathleen does a right. great job of leading her team and the fact of what's what's the right thing to do, uh, but, oh, but is it also that, the Brooks. smart thing to do? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's actually a good call out because, you know, there's plenty of stuff we can do, but is it what we should be doing? Exactly. Right? So, um, right. no, that's that's awesome. So, well, let's let's start with this. Uh, Hero Fund. So, mm -hmm. Kathleen, tell us about the Hero Fund. I mean, and is that officially what it's called, or is that just what I've been referred to it as? It is officially our Hero Fund. Okay. And it came about um, when uh, we first learned about COVID, and we were trying to find a way to recognize our frontline team members, our hourly team members, who really are the heroes here. They are... Um, the ones with the residents most of the time, they are interacting with them most of the time. Um, they showed, in my opinion, great courage and bravery, particularly at the beginning when we didn't know really what COVID was and people were nervous and scared. And our frontline team members developed these just amazing relationships with our residents. They weren't going to let them down. And they were coming into work and just showing up when I heard from my colleagues um, across the city and across the state and across the country that their folks were just kind of like dropping like flies. They were so scared. And we wanted to be able to recognize our team members who just hung in there. And so we started a fund and our director of philanthropy, she started, she put together a pamphlet. And I think, Brooks, you were very helpful in putting together this um, pamphlet. And so we're asking for donations um, in order to be able to provide um, our employees with funds beyond what Aldersgate is paying them. We want to recognize their, their great work. So this is actually a, literally a, a fund of, of money, not yes. just in terms of, of things and stuff like that. So, yes. And these donations come from where exactly? So we are accepting donations um, from our residents and from resident family members and other employees can donate as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Brooks, if I understand this properly, this is something that Aldersgate is matching funds? Exactly. Or we will, Aldersgate matches it up to $100,000. So... It is it is truly about the the literal hands of Aldersgate because these people are in it day to day and they are they are the front line and like yeah. Kathleen said they did a they did a phenomenal job the amount of of people that we heard from and our peers in the industry that were just struggling to to make sure that they are providing care for people was amazing. 
and our folks really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, I, I think that's that's uh, something that's really notable in in the fact that it's it's not just uh, you know hey let's let's give these guys uh, and gals a, a boost you know in terms of pay, but it's really like people that really need it have that extra level of I, I can get what I need to get me from point A to point B because everybody's mm-hmm. needs are going to be different. Correct. What is the mechanism by which, uh, if somebody needs a little bit of extra help, how do they go about requesting assistance from the fund? So it is going to be a situation where um, the funds are given out based on the number of hours that an employee works during this COVID pandemic. So if someone works 80 hours in a pay period, they will um, receive more of the fund than someone who works less hours, someone who, you know, just works maybe 24 hours in a week compared to 40 hours in a week. Okay. So we're it's going to go across the board. It's not just by um, request. It is actually it is funds that they're going to going to receive. Oh, it's an it's kind of an automatic. It's uh, going to be automatic. Correct. That is freaking sweet. And, and Brooks, you look like you kind of wanted to add to that for a second. I, actually, I was going to add that that it is not something that is requested. It is something that okay that is provided, and it's not provided to senior leadership or our management staff, it is purely for those people who were working the front line. And a so lot of just them, a supplemental based off donation that it's it's here you go. Exactly. And it's it's also a facet of during COVID, there were a lot of places that shut down and laid yeah. off employees. So some of our team members may have gone from a two income household to a one income household of no fault of their own. And yeah, we just need to make sure that our people are taken care of, that our family is okay. So it yeah. is, uh, again, it is the right thing to do. Right. And in, in addition to that hero fund um, that will go to all of our frontline team members, we uh, we provided additional monies for folks who worked in an area, one of our clinical areas that had a COVID resident in that, so if some, if for example, if in our skilled building um, we have six different households, everybody in the building got an additional dollar per hour for working while we had a COVID resident living there. And anyone who worked on the household that housed a COVID resident, they received in addition to that two more dollars. And I know you didn't ask for that, Mike, but I think it gives a little bit more of an explanation of how we're recognizing how COVID you know, our folks working with our COVID residents in addition to that hero fund. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And and I'm glad you brought it up. So it, really what this comes down to is this wasn't just something that was kind of thrown together last minute and mm-hmm. said, oh, crap, we have to do something. This was a very well thought out, orchestrated and implemented program um, that that is put together in a fashion that makes it fair and equitable and accessible and everybody can benefit by it based off what they're able to contribute. So absolutely. Um, I, I think that's awesome. And I, I really, what I, what I appreciated as, as being somebody from the outside of your organization can see is that um, the fact that it doesn't have to be requested and the fact that it doesn't have to have that element of, Oh man, I have to ask for this. You know, I have right. to, you know, it's just like, Hey, check this out. We're going to make this easy on you. Thank you for, for doing what you're doing and being who you are and, and, and helping out during this absolutely insane time. 
Yes. And uh, it, it just it the the smooth implementation of how that works, I think, is is pretty remarkable. Yes. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so then, in addition to obviously the challenges uh, posed financially by by COVID, um, we've also, as you said, Brooks, a moment ago, that people found themselves in a situation where they were maybe going from, you know, two income to one income, and then maybe having to rework the way that they they lead their lives, their day to day basis, and now that there's the added challenge of of childcare. Um, kind of thrown into this. Now you have a really cool program that ties in to not only helping financially, but also with kind of aiding in, in helping them get some assistance with the kids via the learning lab. So Brooks, why don't you tell us a little bit about the learning lab? So the learning lab came about from um, doing the right thing, but doing the smart thing. We benefit from it as well. When everybody went virtual, a lot of the kids were at home trying to navigate the different formats and different screens. And we were hearing stories of them having to go on a different format online for each one of their classes. So they could be on five different platforms in the course of a day. And it's it, that's a difficult thing to navigate when it's all yeah. of a sudden just thrown on you. And so we had a lot of our team members who had to stay home and help their, their children with their education. And that's not optional. That was something that you, you got to do. So realizing that we had a workforce that had some type of huddle or hurdle, then Kathleen and her team came up with, okay, so how can we make this work? So we took a, a room that is in a, separate building from the rest of campus and it's a very large room and set it up and spaced it out, have the kids station set up and, and we sent out a survey and ask if we provide this, how many of you will make use of it? And it goes from a certain age to a certain age and would it be beneficial? And we had, we had a really good turnout of folks that, that you don't want to utilize it and are utilizing it, but it also was enabled them to come back to work. So if we had some nursing staff and nurses are in high demand right now, if there was a nurse that was out because of their child in school, then it benefits us as well as the child, as it does our nurse. And Kathleen was very instrumental in this. And it's been one of her, her baby projects that she's taken on. She's got a couple of them right now in the water that are just incredible assets. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, why don't you jump in on that and kind of elaborate a little bit more about the process? Absolutely. So we talked about it for a, a little bit of time and how beneficial it could be for our CNA med techs, um, the nursing team, uh, because they were saying, I've got to be at home with my child. I have to be at home with my child. So we were kind of pulling it together. And Brooks, you'll remember this. Suzanne, our CEO, came in and she said, I just had the worst morning of my life. I have been trying to help my, <laughs> my son figure out how to get through and work through these classes that he's having to do. He, he can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. I just don't know what I'm going to do. So that really pushed us to get this remote learning pod off the ground. And, um, 
we set it up uh, for, you know, first shift hours and it, we have four teaching assistants. We call them, well, we teach, call them teaching aides, uh, teaching specialists. And they are there, honestly, to, they have to know how to um, work electronics and be the li- liaison between the student and the actual teacher. But these folks are absolutely amazing. They have just made it such a wonderful environment for these kids. We currently are serving um, 18 families, and it's 19 children. And uh, we have, because of the different schedules that our employees work, we typically are serving about 10 students a day. And... They get breakfast brought in and they get a lunch brought in, uh, just like they would see uh, through CMS or one of the school systems here. And it's it is one of the most wonderful things I think I've ever seen Aldersgate do, um, because the the range of emotion of these parents not wanting to give up their full time track um, in order to stay home with their child to help them or potentially not know how to figure out how to get through this and having these folks available has been life-changing for Aldersgate as well as these employees. Yeah, you know, the added uh, challenge with uh, parents, if you will, not necessarily being familiar enough with technology to learn how to, you know, operate, for instance, programs like Zoom or some schools use other, you know, other kind of uh, voiceover internet protocol programs, but, you know, just how to get on that and then how to stay on a schedule like, oh my God, I've got to check in at this time. I got to sign in at this time. I've got to, I've got to make sure I log in every so often. I have to interact with, you know, in this way. And it's like, how am I supposed to do that and have a job? (laughs) So really you've created the, the perfect solution, which is, you know, the parents have still proximity access should they need to. Uh, but then you've also provided that facilitating need for those that are familiar with how to navigate that technological infrastructure, which is awesome. So, um, and you're feeding them, which is yeah. super cool. <laughs> uh, so this now, when they come in, um, I assume, and, and my brain tells me that like, maybe there's like a big tables or desks and they're bringing in their own computers if they have them, or how is the setup work? So it is set up that way. Uh, there are, they each have a small desk. It's um, one, it's like a adjustable desk that raises up because we serve kindergarten through ninth grade. And ninth graders are really tall now. (laughs) (laughs) And so they sit in an adjustable desk. They bring in their own electronic device and, um, the uh, they they this wasn't an easy process. It was we were looking into the liability with our insurance companies. We had to uh, go to CMS, but you know with Aldersgate we've got folks who live in Huntersville, which is a different school system. So we had to set up contracts with each of these school systems, and um, there's kind of a we just kind of brought it all together so that. They are making sure that the required time outside, you have to provide some kind of a break time for the kids. Um, you have to provide uh, different start times for each um, each different uh, school system of kids. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's not difficult. And it was well worth, well worth all the, all the hassle to, of putting it together the reward of it has been 10 times what the hassle was or the, you know, what we had to put into it. 
uh, is what we've gotten out of it. So, and it's a large room. Everybody is physically distanced appropriately. Um, it's it's just and believe it or not, there's like a little kitchenette right off the room where the food gets dropped off every day. And I go over there every once in a while. Brooks, I don't know if you've been over there, but the kids are just like, yeah, we love it. <laughs> and they, you know, they they have a really good time. They're excited. They're doing some of the normal stuff that they would do in school that I think kids are missing when they're at home, like they're doing pajama day. Um, they're doing dress up for Halloween. They're doing dress up for the, you know, Christmas holiday. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. They're having a so good time. So they're not time. just dropped off and forgotten about. There not is still a level of engagement they're, on a personal level. Yes. And they're, they're mixing with, uh, you know, kids that are probably, you know, of mixed ages all yes. at the same time. And then the, yeah. the teacher's aides are kind of uh, navigating different age groups, different learning skills, different, you know, different kinds of activities. That, that's pretty awesome. That's, uh, that's actually a very old school concept of having so many people in a, in a place together with at different age levels and capabilities. So I hadn't thought about the idea that, that there was going to be some logistical challenges with, with legal requirements. Yes. So, um, so you, you handled that like pros, it seems. Well, we did. And Suzanne, I was, I was, uh, Suzanne, our CEO, when I talked to her, I said, I don't know if our insurance is going to let us do this. She said, we're doing it. <laughs> so I went back <laughs> we'll to them and said, out. Hey, you're going to figure this out. Cause this is something we're going to do. We feel that passionate about it. And it worked out. It worked out. We and the room setup, a little bit. The room setup <laughs> is awesome. It's, it is. It's a very stoic room. I mean, it's it's kind of like a corporate room. It's got the traditional pale colored wall with the industrial carpet, but the teachers' aides came in and just made it a classroom. They did, and they put a lot of color into it and a lot mm -hmm. of creativity into it, and just it's it's nice to see the kids' self esteem from when they mm -hmm. first came in because they were they were kind of beaten down or frustrated to begin with because it sure it was tough for them to try to navigate it and now mm -hmm. they are they're having a blast and it yeah. the the room setup allowed us to space them out and keep everybody safe the everything's disinfected and multiple times so it's I was going to ask you been, about that yeah. so yeah I assume yeah. that was the way it was going to be absolutely and so mm -hmm. yeah. it's it's been a it's been a great experience so far. So far, yeah. yes. And um, Mike, we, they disinfect in the morning when they get there. They disinfect throughout the day. And then they also disinfect in the evening after all the kids leave. Yeah. So it's just, it's a, it's a cycle. You guys are staying on top of it. Obviously, safety first. And, you know, people are, they're doing what they got to do to get by. You know, it, it's just, it's, is anything an ideal situation right now? No, but you've got to, you've got to kind of play the cards you were dealt. And it sounds like y'all had some, some plans in place. And as soon as these ideas popped in, you're like, we need to make this happen rather than bat it around for four or five months before deciding on, on making this stuff go. And that's a challenge. Cause you know, sometimes people have to work on their, you know, on their feet. And it's just like, go, 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 you know, new idea thrown out, boom, make it happen. And I don't know, my perception is that y'all are internally prepared to deal with those kind of scenarios. Anyway, it seems like you have very specialized people in all positions who really know how to help implement this stuff. Gosh, I tell you, Mike, part of the the thing that I love about our team, both our senior leadership team and our management team, they are experts in what they do. 
And, and if you sit on something in this COVID environment, if you sit on an idea too long, things change so quickly that you, it has to happen. And with building that pod, we involved almost every single department from, you know, and we, and you have to, and it, it just, it happened. And it was, um, you know, it, I'm amazed at the work that this company does. It's wonderful. I am too. And it's, uh, I give credit a lot to Suzanne, our CEO, Mm -hmm. especially during COVID time. There's a lot of us that are doing things that really we weren't doing before. And it, she does a great job of going, you've got a, a natural or a talent for this portion of it. And I know it has nothing to do with the lane that you're in. If you want it, take it and go. It needs to be done. Go. And she really plays to everyone's strengths well and just lets people fall into what their heart takes them to. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. No, a mark of a, of a, a true leader is recognizing the talent that your people have and, and letting people use those talents to accomplish a common goal. And uh, yeah, yeah. Props to Suzanne and all you guys out there for, for being able to recognize that about each other and, and, you know, know who's the go-to for this and who's the go-to for that. So, so that's awesome. Well, I want to bring up then the last element of this trifecta of awesomeness. (laughs) Let's talk about the food pantry. Uh, Brooks, we'll start that out with you. Well, food pantry is not the name it's going to end up being. It, okay. We we definitely want it to have something more significant, and we don't want to rush into it and accept any type of name that's going to be less than what we want. So, just, okay. just know that it that's what we call it, but it's not what it is. Well, working title. Yes, we need a working. <laughs> actually, that's a great one. Working title. <laughs> so, back to the two incomes to one income. We realize that a lot of our teammates may have had impacts financially in their household because of COVID. And we just can't have that. We are, we cannot honor elders and not honor our team members as well. So Kathleen and her team made a plan and Mm -hmm. we found a room that was used for something else in the building and retasked it and went ahead and just set it all up for a food pantry where mm-hmm. staple foods, just in the event that you need just a little something to tide over until the next paycheck and keep the family going and yet make it dignified so that people don't feel like it is just a, a needy handout. We want to take every aspect of ego out and put as much dignity in as we possibly could. So, um, Kathleen and them made it happen. That's so awesome. Uh, Kathleen, am I to understand correctly that there is some kind of a backpack or bag system in place? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? That is actually what we're going to do for our employees at the holiday party. We will, we're going to give everybody a backpack, but with regard to the food pantry and folks picking up and just to expound a little bit on what Brooke said about 
keeping it private for um, our team members, we've ordered different colored bags and different types of bags. And folks reach out to our inclusion and engagement coordinator and set up a time to come over. And it's just very private. It's over here close to HR where there's not a lot of traffic back and forth. You're telling me the HR is not the life of the party. (laughs) Listen. HR is the life of the party. It's not like Toby from the office over here. <laughs> wah, wah. So, Poor Toby. Uh, well, clearly you are the life of the party because you're making all this stuff happen. So I rudely interrupted you. Please continue. I don't care. It's totally fun. So, um, but if folks come and they make their appointment, they come in and they grab whatever they need. There's no limit. We do ask that when they're given the bag and that each bag looks different. So people really don't know that they've gone to the food pantry. Um, they, they fill up a bag. We've got gas cards in there as well. And we don't do a lot of paper products, but we want to move in that direction and uh, they, they get what they need. During this Thanksgiving season, we did a shout out to um, folks and asked for donations related to what someone would want for a Thanksgiving meal. Um, so we had a lot of Thanksgiving-related um, donations. We are residents. When they heard about this, we have gotten a donation at least twice a week from our residents. Our employees are donating regularly to this, our um and the the pantry is specifically for our frontline team members for them to use it. But if someone came to us and said, "This is what my need is," um, we wouldn't turn anybody away, honestly. Right. Um, so, so the donations are coming from multiple sources, though. Yes, yes. Now we're not taking outside donations currently for the pantry. Um, we are doing. We're, we've got a um, upcoming uh, lighting. Uh, I don't know the name of it, Brooks. What's it called? Christmas tree lighting or the Festival of Lights. The Festival of Lights. And we're asking the community to come in and donate canned goods. That's their entrance fee. And that will go to Second Harvest Food Pantry. So right now we're just taking donations from our residents and other team members and family members for the food pantry. And we are getting the, the response has been amazing. And we opened the food pantry in mid-October, and we've already had 48 team members use it, which I think is outstanding. That is outstanding. And Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's just this completely self-enclosed, self-encompassed program that touches all aspects of of what your team members are are having to deal with. So it, it provides them the ability to lead their lives with as little interruption to the routine as possible and kind of help them get through those times when maybe it gets a little tight or a little tough or a little hectic. Absolutely. And I've been in in situations here at Aldersgate where an employee is sitting across the table from me saying, I really, I'm just not sure where I'm going to get my next meal. And for us to have this pantry, it's it just is amazing because we've got certain things that we can do for people, um, but there it's limited. You know, from an HR perspective, it's been limited uh, how we can help people financially. Um, but with this food pantry, that it's just changing, changing the way we handle things, and I love it. It's yeah. Wonderful. Well, obviously, Aldersgate cares about not only its residents, but really, uh, you know, the 
that you're all thinking about your employees um, in general year round, but especially at a time like this, oh, yes. um, kind of speaks a little bit of leaps and bounds why you're just that much farther ahead than, say, your contemporaries. Um, you know, and in a time when employees are being, you know, laid off this mm -hmm. kind or, or having to leave their jobs because they're making those tough choices, this mm -hmm. is allowing you to kind of help at least retain some of that, Absolutely. Uh, you know, employee, and mm -hmm. I don't want to use the word loyalty, but you're able to keep people and you're able to make them feel like they have options as yes. opposed to it being a completely hopeless. So. Absolutely. And I would just mention one more thing. We decided when, when COVID, the outbreak started, we decided we are not going to lay off any person. And that goes back to what Brooks said earlier about, hey, this might, might not be your wheelhouse, but we're going to keep you employed. So for example, we, you know, we had to shut down the spa and salon area because they just, they couldn't work. So we had all the folks that were in the spa and salon go do shopping for our residents every day. And they went to the grocery stores and they shopped and we were able to keep those folks employed while also just really doing what the residents, they couldn't go out and shop. So we mm -hmm. did it for them. You created cool. a pivot program for your employees, basically. <laughs> we did. We yeah. did. And we have we have not laid off one one employee. I'm I'm very proud of that. That is I almost threw out the F word. Freaking remarkable. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not just a, like a bragging right, but it's just the amount of effort that you went through to not have to do that. It was, it was fantastic. And, you know, yeah, it creates um, employee loyalty, obviously, which which helps with turnover and helps with, you know, obviously the, the more long-term your employees are, the better, more productive they're going to be, yada, 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 yada. But from just a freaking awesome human being standpoint, you guys win the universe. I'm just saying. <laughs> so how does... Kind. How does being a not-for-profit organization help enable you to have these kinds of programs, saying, as opposed to, say, being for a for-profit company where things are maybe a little bit super tightly regulated? So I came in from, from a different uh, discipline. This is not the industry I was in originally. And I, I have to say, I think people overlook the amount of not employee perks, but just the absolute family caring aspect of a not-for-profit. Like we have a clinic on site. So if you have an issue, you go to the clinic. And my doctor is 30 minutes away from here. But I can have my blood panels done here and uploaded to him. And I can do all that in 15 minutes with an appointment here instead of taking all that time out of my day all of that mm -hmm. production time out of my day. And mm -hmm. it just, it makes perfect sense. We've got uh, the EAP, which is the Employee Assistance Program. And that allows for any type of counseling things that you may need or your family member needs. We have a mm -hmm. dietitian, and the dietitian meets with our team members if they want and helps review plans and set up plans. And it is it is just amazing the amount of flexibility, and some of the stuff that is overlooked by people who really are accustomed to things like that in the not-for-profit world. But for in the for-profit world, it's just it's unheard of. <laughs> I also think, uh, Mike, that Aldersgate has such an amazing story. 
And it's um, especially when you consider um, our diversity, inclusion, and equity, and the job that Brooks does engaging the community around us. And I think that Aldersgate has a true story of giving back um, and that when, when, when it comes down to it, people want to give um, because of who, you know, who this company is. They really do. And when we reach out and we talk to our residents about, hey, we have employees in need, they are the first ones jumping forward and saying, hey, yeah, they do for us and we want to give back to them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, clearly there's just this, y'all are a family. I mean, residents, team members, you name it, everybody that's at Aldersgate mm -hmm. has a, a mutual love and respect for each other, at least on the broad scope. I'm sure there's probably some fisticuffs that happen from time to time, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, all the good stuff I call it, but uh, you know, it's, it's clearly you've created a family environment where people feel welcomed. They feel comfortable they feel not threatened they feel like they can reach out they feel like they have resources available and they don't have to jump through hoops to make it happen it's very Absolutely. authentic yes yeah thank you that's yes. a great word it's very authentic so yep. you know clearly it's a challenging time right we're, we're dealing with this we don't know how long it's going to go for but these programs that you've implemented is there the potential for just long-term viability to kind of help keep these things in place when we get to the next phase? And maybe there aren't so many restrictions, but we want to consider having those programs just stick around forever. Is that a possibility? A thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> I know that the food pantry is here to stay. Okay. Um, now the remote learning pod, that is, that is something that is just so special that I would hate to think that when COVID, um, you know, when we're when we're beyond COVID, that that would go away. But I just I think we would have to really think about how we could use um, a type of service like that. Well, and we've got things that were pre-COVID that are still are still occurring today. For instance, we are all taking turns giving away the bird, so we, <laughs> yes. we give all of our team members a turkey. You give all your team members the bird. Exactly. So. Yes. And yes, Brooks so. is an expert on giving the bird. <laughs> I will, so I want so bad amazing. to create a shirt that says I gave my team members the bird. But oh, I love it. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up because I completely spaced. You, you guys dropped that bomb on me today, but y'all are giving away turkey. Yes. So, uh, so Brooks, continue on to that because uh, I, I kind of sideswiped you there. Well, and this, again, goes back to me coming from outside of this industry and for-profit. The first time I was here and they said, okay, we're doing the bird giveaway. I had no clue what they were talking about. So... We signed up and I went out and we're packaging up turkeys and our team members are coming by at the beginning of the shift, at the end of their shift, on their lunch break, whatever. And we've got team members out there giving out turkeys for the, for the holiday. We've got a lot of team members that are donating theirs to other team members because, especially this year, not everybody's gathering and some families are larger just by context of them all being in the same house. So right. one bird may not do it. So we give multiple birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So this is something that basically everybody can get? Mm -hmm. Every employee gets a turkey um, at this time of year. Every Here year. you go. Here's a turkey just like that. Just like that. Happy holidays. Yes. Awesome. And the energy that is out there, Brooks, I don't know if you've been out there yet today. We started at 630 this morning and uh, it's we've got holiday music playing and people are coming by. We're giving coffee out and hot chocolate and it's just such a great feel. And I think it's one of the things that our employees every year when we do the engagement survey, they always say we love the turkey giveaway. Just because it just is, <laughs> it's it's a fun event, and um, we we just enjoy doing it. And it's, it's a cool. great way to see staff members that you typically oh, yeah. haven't seen in a while, right? Or yes, and from different shifts, and especially now during COVID, we don't see each other as much as right. what we did. So yeah, it's it's a blast. Yeah. Have you guys got to pardon any turkeys yet? Oh, we should no. do that. So we brought <laughs> oh, up a conversation should. today. You've have you been here on our campus? You know, we've got 230 acres. So we have we had about five turkeys that ran around our campus. <laughs> yeah. We need to catch one of those and pardon him. There you go. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> You're the lucky one, That's Tom. Right. Today That's it's right. all about you. Today's your day, buddy. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I, for one, am am just uh, mind blown with the epic levels of awesomeness that that y'all throw out there to the cosmos. I, I think it's a, a pretty special thing. I, I think it's it's unique. S sad that it's unique, you know, when you think about it, that it really should be something that is done. So hopefully the goal is that we have this conversation, we put this out there to the universe and people say, hey, I can do that. Why can't we do that? You know, something that, you know, changes the course of regular thinking that is we are programmed to say, uh, you know, we just can't do it. And, and to to find a way to make this stuff happen. Sure, there's some challenges. Maybe there's some legalities. Maybe there's a lack of comfort because you're going to a place that you're not familiar with. Maybe there's some fear and apprehension based off, oh, oh I, don't want, I don't want people to know this or that. But really, you guys have figured it out. So I don't know if it's a formula or if it's just a matter of it's, it's just all of the right people in the right place at the right time. But y'all are wizards, um, just uh, just working the magic. And holidays aside, year round, you know everybody at Aldersgate just just continues to just absolutely crush it. So, um, is there anything else that y'all want to share with the world before we all get back to our days? I just love talking to you and getting that ego boost every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I, I just appreciate so much you letting us um, have the opportunity to share the amazing things that Aldersgate is doing because it, it, I just can't, I can't think of another company that has this group of people that just is always thinking about what can we do next? What can we do next? And I love it. And Mike, I think you're awesome. Oh. Um, this has been a great, uh, great time sharing with you. Oh, well, likewise. So uh, <laughs> Kathleen Brooks, thank you for hanging out on Aldersgate On Air. And all you out there in radio and podcast land, seriously, if you are not familiar with Aldersgate, get on the website, check them out, see what they're all about, follow their awesomeness. 
and uh, do what you can to help the world. So thank you guys. I'll talk to you again real soon. Thank Thank you. you.